0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out of War. I'm Turner and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up? Rachel is not with us today. She's still taking care of stuff at home, moving. Yeah. Follow her on Instagram. You'll know what's going on. Yep. Uh, got a great episode. Episode 135, I think. Oh, Lisa? you said 36. Is it 36? You, just, <laughs> you literally looked it up 30 <laughs> seconds ago. 136. You're yeah. right. Sorry. Not even 30 seconds ago. That's the brain of my brain. It doesn't work Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, but what do you know, man?
1: Hey, uh, did you know that today is September 11th? Yes. And we are not doing an episode in September, all that stuff. Right. But uh, I was thinking... Well, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. We could have, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, so never forget that 22 years ago, um, anniversary of 9-11... And never forget that uh, five years ago, it's the anniversary of when Ted Cruz liked <laughs> blonde MILF porn on September 11th. Do you remember that? No. that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, his Twitter account like liked uh, a porn post on oh, September 11th. No. Oh, and no. it came out, and. Uh, she was Yeah. <laughs> <Conversation>. Intern, right? <laughs> that's, I think that's what he blamed it on. But what was really funny was at least people were saying, like, hey, that's really weird that you're looking at porn posts on 9-11. <laughs> but they were saying at least the girl that was in the video of the post looked like his wife. Oh. Oh. So at least it was like, well, it's good. It, I, uh, maybe. I mean – it would be really weird because his wife's like blonde hair. Okay. It would be really weird if all of a sudden, like, he all we find out Ted Cruz, you know, he's married to a blonde woman, right? But he really
0: likes redheads or something, Asians. Oh, okay. Asian
1: schoolgirls. you know, something like that. Oh, gee. So at least everyone's like, well, at least he, you li- he, <laughs> he likes his wife. Okay. But. So the did <laughs> you know is Ted Cruz is. is <laughs> <coughs> no, that, that wasn't actually it. I just oh okay. I just thought it was funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> how about this? Uh, so did you know that in 1967, Detroit Tiger Mickey Lolich was called to active duty with the National Guard in response to the ongoing Detroit riots? Hmm. He received death threats in his role for helping them. And the FBI subsequently placed a team of snipers on the roof of Tiger Stadium <laughs>
0: during his next two starts. Wow. It's pretty crazy, huh? That is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> better hope they were Tigers fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I saw this picture um, somewhat recently. Um, I think it was, I'm not on Twitter anymore. I've, I've been banned too many times, so I just stopped <laughs> giving up. But I think it was someone, on, it was a screenshot on Twitter. It probably got posted on Telegram. Yeah. And I think uh, it was that they, it was a picture of a sniper, like, you know, laid out, uh, you know, how they, they lay with like their legs, yeah, out, yeah. like the shoot, active shooting position. Yeah. Inside uh, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium.
0: Oh, you know what? I've seen that. Yeah. During like the playoff or Super the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, but I think I think they have it like,
0: I think it was for the Super Bowl because it was at the new stadium. Oh. Yeah, it was that same year. I but I remember.
1: I think I just saw it recently, but I thought they had the, the implication was that they have full time. Oh really? Anti terrorists. I mean, you got to think. Obviously, the Super Bowl is the biggest. Right. It's it's ridiculous the security that they have in the city. Right. Months before, yeah, as they're preparing because it's a natu- it's the biggest human trafficking day, right? That that's when the most sales always happen. Yep, sadly. Um, but you, you would think that with a, uh, a a big team, I'm like I assume the um, New York Yankees have. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had like the NYPD had some anti-terrorist some snipers kind of task force task force think. that. Yeah. At every home game, maybe you, yeah, like these big name, like no one's gonna blow, no one cares about the Redskins stadium, like no one cares about the Brown, like no one's gonna do, like Al Qaeda isn't gonna waste time, <laughs> like you know, going to Cleveland. We have a plan. <laughs> <They're not> gonna... <laughs> we will take out the Commander Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they wither the rest, <laughs> but <laughs> but they ain't do it. Like they're not doing it for the Cleveland Browns. You know, right? Like, no one cares.
0: No one cares. But... The Browns. Although they. they... <laughs> They look like they might be a, a formidable team this year. Yeah, I'm just making it always joke, yeah. But No, I I got gotcha. you. So,
1: there you go. Anyway, uh episode is not about 9/11. Not about 9/11. But it is a continuation of our Doctrines of Demons. That's right. We're continuing uh, series, So
0: Sit S- back, grab a coffee and enjoy. <laughs> You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We're back. Episode 136, Doctrines of Demons. We're talking about Eurantia, <laughs> the book. I
1: was thinking about this beforehand, how, because I, I think I know how it's pronounced. It's like Your Eurantia. But you know what I like? I think we should call it instead,
0: Urin-tia. All <laughs> All right, because it's, u- it's pee pee. Yes, this whole this whole book <laughs> is pee pee. Yes, pee pee poo poo. <laughs> it is totally that. <laughs> I think the guy that wrote this book was probably smoking
1: that sticky sticky green stuff, dude. That was probably the most perfect. That was like you set that up perfectly. That oh. was the best. <laughs> Use of the this ever, I think. Thanks. And probably the close most accurate too. Yeah,
0: it probably is the most accurate. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about the Ura- Ura- Urantia book. Yeah, <laughs> the Urantia book. It's spelled U R A N T I A, and uh, and I'll just set it up, and then I'm going to yeah. hand it over to you. But it's uh, the Urantia book was supposedly that uh, de- dictated to a sh- Chicago psychiatrist named W. S. Sadler from 1934 to 1935 by a man who spoke in his sleep on behalf of an alien supermortal <laughs> called Revelators. So aliens came to a man and spoke to him through his sleep, and they wrote down what these guys were saying through him in his sleep talk. Sadler formed a group to discuss the revelations from which the Urantia... The Urin- Urantia Foundation was formed in 1950, the Urantia Foundation began publishing the Urantia book in 1955, although there's no official religion based upon the Urantia book, uh, there are groups like the Jesusonian Foundation who teach others what is contained in the Urantian book. Uh, it's difficult to summarize. Uh, the book is, it encompasses many subjects and ideas from science to politics to philosophy to history. It is divided into four parts. Part one is the central uh, super universe. Part two is the local universe. Part three is history. And uh, part four, the life and teachings of Jesus. Consider a few of the teachings in this book, and it goes on. I'm not going to continue on with that because we're going to be talking about this. This is a very strange uh, doctrines of demons episode that we're going to have because the, you and I were talking like there isn't a local body of people that gather around this book like regularly like um, like some cults you might have where they meet in a basement and light candles and do weird stuff um, or a bigger cult like the Mormons or the Jehovah Witness where yeah. they'll like have an actual facility where they meet and you know on a day this one is, as we said there in the beginning, it was a book that was basically dictated through a man that slept talk, and supposedly these e- these uh, aliens that would <laughs> speak through him mm-hmm. called, the super mortals called Revelators, which is actually, sounds like a cool metal band. Yeah. We're, the, we're the super mortal Revelators. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that's that. So uh, you had some pretty cool stuff that you had discovered uh, about this that was leading up to just which I thought was cool, so sure,
1: yeah, um, I just wanted to bring up this uh w- before we go more into the history because um yeah we you had brought up the idea that you had called him a cult, and it's weird i I never thought about it that much this this is always uh was funny when when you had brought up the Jesus letters and like, hey, we should talk about it, I started reading about it, I was like, oh. We could make it into a series. And yeah. I was thinking that's why uh, the one we did about the uh, the secret.
0: Yes. Uh, the last
1: one with the, the law of attraction. The law of attraction, yeah. I was trying to tie it around a book because I remember here, I've heard about this book for like, uh, I've heard about it a couple of years ago, and I always heard that it was like some weird science fiction thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always also did hear that it wasn't necessarily a weird cult. Like the cult wasn't necessarily there. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. If it is a cult, if it isn't a cult, I, yeah. I don't know. But I thought before I get into more of the history, this is what they say about themselves answering a question. They have like a frequently asked page. <laughs> Are
0: you a cult? Is that one of
1: the questions? Yeah, yeah. it says, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the question. that This fast-growing cult is considered a new age UFO cult. There you go. (laughs) Here's their answer. It is only in the minds of critics that the... I'm just going to call it the urine book (laughs) from the rest of it, okay? (laughs) Okay. It is only in the minds of critics that the urine book uh, readers are part of the, quote, new age or that readers constitute a, quote, UFO cult. The reading of the definition of the new age at Wikipedia discloses a hodgepodge of eastern and western religious thought ancient religious practice and various schools of philosophic and spiritual thought the new age movement is largely unfocused free for all a grab bag of desperate disparate beliefs that in it and it has nothing whatsoever to do with the urine book (laughs) further the ufo connection is one that is frequently cited by those who criticize why because the urine book explains that we are not alone in the universe and that the universe is teeming with life and there are countless beings who inhabit the universe with us. We are told of other inhabited planets, but we are never told that we are visited by UFOs with the current interest in extraterrestrials. it is probably understandable that such a, such an error might be entertained. It is however, not grounded in fact, rather it rather than being new age, the urine book will help new age <laughs> believers find a new, rational, and consistent reality. (laughs) I'm going to have a hard time not laughing every time you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather me say the pee-pee book? (laughs) The pee-pee book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was interesting um, because uh, what you had read, we are going to get into what they actually do believe, and I'm not just stalling. Um, But – What's very interesting about this is that, A, they call out the New Age. Like, yeah. If you didn't understand what they just said, they basically said the, everything that we say about the New Age, that it's Eastern and Western beliefs and it's a hodgepodge and no one has anything, and this kind of markets itself. Um, and you had said this when we, we met earlier when we were talking about it is – I don't want to say this is more deceptive than any of the other ones, because the other ones are they're very deceptive because they have a spiritual power, a doctrine. It's a doctrine of demons. It comes right. from demons. This one does too. But this one, it says... Rather than being new age, the Urine Book will help new age believers find a new rational and consistent reality. So mm-hmm. they're trying to say that they will help specifically new Agers Kind of hone down to hone down into something. Yeah. And when we start getting into more of the beliefs, these people, the people, uh, I'll just I'll just preface. Let me read the history, and then we'll get into right. it because it'll make more.
0: Also, one thing that might help yeah, yeah. our listener too is the urine. We call it the urine book, but urine, urine, Urintia is the name of Earth, right? For these for these aliens, that's what they call it. Yeah, that's we call it Earth. They call it Urintia. Yeah, and so I just that's something that'll help you too. Like the Earth book, like think about it. You know, like yeah, your this is your planet book or whatever. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. Okay. So sorry. Here's some history about it.
1: So according to the Urine Book Fellowship, the Urin Book is quote an anthology an anthology of one hundred and ninety six papers dictated between nineteen twenty eight and nineteen thirty five by superhuman personalities. The humans into whose hands the papers were delivered are now deceased. Deceased. The means by which the papers were materialized was unique and is unknown to any living person.
0: Hmm.
1: The so it, when I start, they they use the term UB and UBF, um, just which is helps us with it, and it's going to go throughout the rest of it. So we got all our urine stuff out of the way. But yeah, the UB Fellowship was founded in ni- 1955 as the e- Urine Brotherhood, and as an association of people who have, ha- who say they have been inspired by the transformative teachings of the UB. According to the UBF, these superhuman personalities are from another world. They synthesized the work of more than a thousand human authors in a variety of fields, including in astronomic, astronomical cosmological <laughs> one word organization really, of the universe. One yeah. word. Wow, um, unknown to modern science, and an elaborate extension over seven hundred pages on the life of Jesus. The UB also reveals that the, quote, universe is literally teeming with inhabited planets, evolving life, civilizations in various states of development, celestial spheres, and spirit personalities. In short, the UB is over 2,000 pages of, quote, revelations from superhuman beings who correct the errors and omissions of the Bible. So,
0: there you so go. right off the bat, well, they're yeah. telling us that the, the Bible is full of error and errors exactly. and evictions. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, here
1: you go. Urantia is the name of these alleged, the name these alleged superhumans gave our planet. According to these supermortal beings, Earth is the 606th, not 666, 606 <laughs> planet in Satania, C- not making that up, uh, Yeah. which is in Norladiac. <laughs> it, it's spelled like a Finnish thing, Norlediac. which is in Nebadon, which is in Orvontron.
0: So this is like universe, it's like yeah. expanding out into different universes. Yeah, right? which evolves around
1: Havana, Havona, all oh, of which- oh, I've been to Havana. Yeah.
0: Have you really? Great cigars. Really? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> sure I no. probably wouldn't be here if I went to Havana, That's although true. I've been to other communist countries. Yeah. All of which revolves around the center
1: of infinity where some sort of God dwells. Mm. Uh, it says others aren't some so sure. Sh- some sort of God. Yeah. Lowercase g. Mm. Others aren't so sure of the celestial origin of these writings. Some guy, for example, has identified hundreds of passages in the UB that are clearly based on human sources, but are not given specific attribution. Remember, what the, what they claim is that this is all from a thousand authors that.
0: Like, right. Right
1: hasn't been told before. So it's other beings, authors, you know, I'm, I'm saying quotes of these are people speaking through someone else that are all coming and they're all different
0: authors. Right. It'd be like, you know, someone reading the Bible in their sleep, but it has 66 different books with different authors. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So some might call this plagiarism, <laughs> which is true, even though William Sadler, who is the main author, admits on page 1343 that he used many human sources. Hmm. Others may say that since Sadler didn't lift passages word for word from the many sources he used, what he did isn't, strictly speaking, plagiarism. Uh, The same guy is also skeptical of the UBF's claims. He believes that the UB has very human authors. Uh, Originally, he says, and here's where it starts to get into some of the stuff we alluded to, the ub was a bible of cult of a cult of separatist seventh day adventists Mm -hmm. allegedly channeled by wilford kellogg and edited by founder william
0: sadler the chicago so i was gonna say okay when i was reading through the doctrines and the things that they believe yeah i was gonna say it had a feel of two different things Mm -hmm. it felt like um dianetics a little bit like L. Ron Hubbard, feel like, uh, which is Scientology, Scientology. Yeah, it felt like that. It had that kind of, uh, well, first of all, L. Ron Hubbard was a, a fiction writer, yeah, so it had that feel. <laughs> Maybe that's why, Sci- yeah, yeah. Um, the other one was that it had the feel of someone who actually had a grasp of some level of theology mm-hmm. and they were mixed up or they were dissatisfied, mm-hmm. so they were trying to create of their own, this blend of Christianity and uh, whatever else the demons were telling right. telling him in his sleep, right? Exactly. That was the feel. So the fact that you mentioned Seventh-day Adventists on there, that's interesting to me because now it's kind of connecting some dots for me.
1: Right. And um, we, we had kind of gone, uh, here's another, did you know, um, I didn't even, I must've skipped over this, <laughs> that um, Wilford Kellogg, no way. Yes, is part of the family of the cornflake yeah. king. Yeah. So, don't it, eat it, don't eat cornflakes. Don't eat Kellogg's wait, cereal. You,
0: Kellogg is one of the guys from the original yeah, yeah, Brotherhood. Yeah. The Fellowship. Wow. Well, the 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 urine Brotherhood. Yeah. No, the
1: guy that actually channeled. Oh, them, that was and, Kellogg? Yeah, he oh, was. Kellogg. I thought it
0: was a different. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
1: No, he the guy who actually went into the trance was the Kellogg and he said it to gotcha. William Sadler, who was the psychiatrist. That's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, it's just a little interesting tie in there. <clears throat> um, that gives new new meaning to the word flaky. Right. Yeah, corn flaky. So, uh there's a little bit of the history um won't go too much into the rest of it that's kind of what it is so we're setting up uh you know it was a guy that claimed to be asleep Mm -hmm. and he channeled these beings over a thousand so he says to a he dictated to a psychiatrist who wrote him down and it's a book that's compiled of 196 letters uh essays so to speak on the, the four different topics that we talked about. And um, so the one thing that I meant to say when you brought up the Seventh-day Adventists is um, was something that I noticed as well, actually, you know, I had heard, of, like I said, I'd heard about the book, but I never really knew a lot of the beliefs, like what they actually believe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of wrote it off as being some crazy sci-fi thing from people who... Don't understand the Bible at all, like what you had said. And um just the fact that they are related to the Seventh day Adventist, that the guy um who was um related, William Sadler was a Seventh day Adventist. Um we're not gonna this is not what Seventh day Adventists right, right. believe. They were it,
0: former Seven they came out of that. right They were like Defective, right? Yeah. So,
1: um, we should pr- we, we probably could do another episode, maybe diving into what Seventh Day Adventists believe.
0: Yeah, um, I don't think it would fit well in the doctrine of demons, but right, right. But we, I just yeah. want to
1: make the distinction that there is a lot of stuff um, that comes from people that, that Seventh Day Adventists, like I said, I've I've listened to um, I don't want to say their sermons, but talks from this uh, Seventh Day Adventist preacher who right. knows this stuff was talking um knew the bible could quote bible verses mm-hmm. it did not seem um my discernment wasn't off and like you had said before they're kind of on the cusp right. of this stuff but um this is all to say there is a lot of tie in with this but this is not seventh day adventist this is not what seventh day adventists believe this even though it's really close to they take some seventh day adventist stuff and completely going in a different direction. Right, right. So, um, they
0: add to their theology in different ways right. and
1: pull from it. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that I was tr- trying to say is I'm not really sure where I fall on if this is more deceptive than like the law of attraction, because the law of attraction doesn't claim to be anything about Christian. Right. But this one, the urine book is just, well, they mention Jesus specifically. Right. And they do have a lot of, which now we're going to lead into what they actually yeah. believe. Um, that they, like half of some of the basis of their theology, is pretty sound. Yeah, which is
0: really weird for like. It's hard. It's hard because you read it. You like. So when I was like when I was reading through the the paper that you sent over mm-hmm. uh, earlier today, and um, I was reading it, and uh, it's hard for me because when I read it and I see things that I agree with theologically, yeah, that are accurate, it makes me. Um, frustrated because i want it to be outright heresy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah um and there is outright heresy for sure that's what that's why it's not you don't want to follow it right 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 right. and we'll get i'll talk about that but um it's hard because there is that mixture right Mm -hmm. and that's what makes some of these cults so dangerous like um for instance, we'll get into this, but they call Jesus Michael oftentimes, mm-hmm. and um, and that comes from Seventh-day Adventists as well. Mm-hmm. And Jehovah Witness um, will reference Jesus as Michael, um, and it's absolutely heretical. He's not Michael the archangel. Archangel's an archangel. Jesus is is the creator of everything, right? He's not a created being. Right. right? You don't get the brother of Lucifer, which is the, what the Mormons mm-hmm. would say. Like you have Jesus, and then Lucifer is a brother, so you have an angel. And, you know, it's n- – you're – you're you're minimizing right. and you're reducing Christ um, and his his God He's part mm-hmm. of the Trinity. He's part of the Triune Godhead. He created everything. You're reducing him to a created being at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so whenever you see an attack on Jesus specifically, you're going to immediately know that that's not right. Right. Like, like you're gonna. That's that's why I say I'm the Seventh Day Adventist. For me personally, like I know that. The urine Book isn't Seventh Day Adventist, but the people that f- wrote it came out of it, and and a lot of those teachings are Im- impressed upon this the urine Book. And when I look at the Seventh Day Adventist, that's one of the things that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like that can't, that's not true. So that's a heresy. That's wrong. That's what puts that denomination in error. Mm-hmm. In that, um, and the other thing too is they they just as a side note, they believe that if you don't practice the Sabbath the way that the Old Testament Prescribed it to the people of Israel through the Mosaic Law, then you are in mm-hmm. sin, out of faith, and you will you are not saved. Right as so, a Christian, yeah, right as well. Yeah, unless you well, practice that's, that's it their way, yeah, yeah, unless yeah, yeah. you practice Sabbath their way, you're not saved at all. Right. So, um, so all those people that go to church on Sundays are in sin, you know. Right. <clears throat> but I see that they'll rent their church buildings out to p- new churches on Sundays. Right. So right. they want their money, yeah. but they don't agree with them. Um, anyways so um let's you want to go into some of the uh sure so
1: how about um I'm just gonna read uh, some of the uh actually from the the one that you had started reading okay uh, just to sum up some of these things that we've uh been talking about because uh, we're gonna get into them and uh from the 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 notes it, they don't actually necessarily have the counter argument to which this is referring to. So let me just read through a couple of these teachings that they talk about. Um, So therefore you can see what we're kind of responding to in talking about so that the cosmos was divided into seven concentric rings, the center ring being the Isle of paradise where God resides. Uh, it says that the urine book supersedes the Bible as the ultimate truth, <laughs> or the ultimate source of truth. Uh, that God exists in three separate trinities. Very weird. The existential tr- paradise trinity, the experiential, meaning what you experience, ultimate trinity, and the other experiential, absolute trinity. Does that make sense? God is known as the universal father and is the father of all humanity. Hmm. Jesus Christ is one of many Creator Sons. Mm -hmm. Perfection is attained by continuously seeking goodness over the course of many lifetimes on many planets, which is um, reincarnation. So. (laughs) See, it's like becoming a potpourri. Right, right. So even though they claim that, like, this isn't uh, a hodgepodge of different teachings from different places, uh they go there and like again you can see how they had some stuff that sounds like it might be oh that could be like a weird interpretation yeah like god is the um the ultimate of you know creator of all of heaven and all of humanity well yeah he is but then you say jesus is one of the creator sons like right
0: that's not um so their are so their belief system is somewhat universal, right. universalist because they believe that all humanity is um, is sons of God, hmm. and scripturally that's just not true. Right, everyone is uh, made of God, but not to you're a, you're not a child of God until you truly accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're born again, adopted into the new family. You have to be born again because now you're adopted, given a new name, and then you become a child of God. Um, So not everyone is a son of God or a child of God. Um, In fact, you're born outside the family, (laughs) (laughs) and you get adopted in through faith in Christ. So that's one important aspect. So they're universalist, Unitarian, I think is probably a little bit of a stretch, but definitely universalists. Mm -hmm. And we know that this is going to be a growing popular um, spiritual belief, in the in in the last days, because the the exclusivity of truth has to be minimized so that you can so that the world can stand in deception, mm-hmm. you know. And if you are alone proclaiming to be the sole, you know, arbiter of truth, um, you're that's not acceptable for the world. Mm-hmm. And so, and why would demons who are speaking through some guy who's asleep in a trance, right. who, who should be making cornflakes,
1: yeah. And again, this is just what they claim. Right. So the whole, we're playing or implying that we're even taking them for their word that this right. guy actually channeled it. And it wasn't like a Book of Mormon where he just put his head in a basket and made stuff up. Well, Book
0: of Mormon, again, an angel, an angel came and spoke to to Joseph Smith in the same way that an angel spoke to uh, Muhammad when he was giving him the Quran. So, well, they, the tendency is, yeah, yeah, but That's the tendency right. is when an angel's speaking to you and you're and you're you're given new revelation,' it's not it's not good. Yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah. if an angel's speaking to you and is telling you some new revelation, run right, <laughs> yeah. run. It's not true, yeah, uh, so, I did want to read one thing sure, sure. in reference to creation, yeah, and the Creator and all of that. um, and this is the thing is that cr- this is an opportunity for us to like, G- impart some orthodoxy what 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 is what has the christian church believed from the beginning right what did the church fathers believe what did what did jesus teach what did paul write and paul wrote in corinthians in, in colossians chapter one he said in verse 15 speaking of christ he said he that's jesus is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, which means he preexisted them, and, <clears throat> and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy." Mm. <laughs> and it says, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So Colossians, Paul lays out this little doctrine, boom, mm-hmm. in a couple of verses. And He's basically saying Jesus pre-existed. Jesus created everything, and the fullness of God was dwelled within Him. So on earth, He was both fully God and fully man. Mm-hmm. So this whole concept of other gods and He's just one of many—it mm-hmm. just doesn't jive, right? And there, there's none. There's none equal to Him. Correct. As, I mean, one hundred percent.
1: Aside from the fa- the Father and but, the but Him, Holy Spirit. they are right. one. Right? right. The
0: three of them are one. Right. So, but unique. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um,
1: well, since we're talking about Jesus, how about I'm going down um, to the section what, what they talk about uh, Jesus's name and origin mm-hmm. on why he's referred to as Michael. So these are, this is from their website, right? Right. So now we're getting into crazy stuff. Yeah. We we <laughs> I like that. I love that you just anchored it in the, the truth before we get into the craziness, which okay. is what we try to do. So uh, I'll just read. Uh, it's a Jesus had existed as a person for countless ages before being born here, but we haven't been given his prior name, Jesus being the English form of the name Joseph and Mary gave their baby. Sorry. Of, of the name Joseph and Mary. I, why is it that all these people can never write, like, in good English? <laughs> well, it was <laughs> they, written in the 50s. I know, but they had proper so, English back there. Yeah. Just learn how to Learn how to freaking write. <laughs> um, variations of the name Jesus are what we know him here on earth. Michael is not his name. It is a title for an order of celestial beings as it has been coined in the English language. Hmm. The name Michael is attributed to an archangel in the Bible, but that's due to a confusion of the personalities involved. So, again, that's a very, they root a lot of it like there is some truth. And it, to the idea that yes, J E S U S is the, Eng- it's not just the English version, but um, it's it,
0: what it, it's, it's in other
1: languages too. It's not just English so that right.
0: In, the, it, so it's the Greek translation of the sorry, Hebrew word remember. for right. Joshua, right? So Yeshua, I, Joshua, and it's the Greek translation, and then translated into English, and it's Jesus.
1: Right. Right. right exactly. So. That is true. That like that, those letters are in, for the sake of this. The English version of his name, so people were not calling him J U J E S U S. Right,
0: right. Around on Earth, in you mean the, Jesus when he was in his ministry and all. R- right, right. I mean it was Yeshua.
1: Right, right. W- what I'm getting at is what they're they're pulling the semantics, and it gets back into when you come from like the seventh day Adventist and I'm right. See the point I'm starting to get into is there is a lot of legalism Mm -hmm. in the term. And you, you start hearing it, we'll dive into it more on a different topic on a different episode. But the idea that like, just because Jesus's name isn't those letters, the ones that we use here, right? Like that exact sound that we're saying, when we say the name Jesus, Does not mean that that's not his name. Right. Like, just because... That's what I'm getting at. Right, right. The name Stephen, or the name, uh, like, Stephen in the Bible. Right. Right? Like, that's not his name. Like, What do you mean? In Hebrew, his name isn't Stephen. Well, uh, I think it was. Did they say it, like when they pronounced it? The whole po- okay. yeah. I don't know. I know what you're saying. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a
0: translation issue. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah.
1: My okay. This is a bad example. I'm. I'm
0: but you, not re- getting sidetracked. The point that you were making, yes. and I'm tracking with you, is okay. like like for instance, the Hebrew roots movement. Yes. They will not allow. They will not allow themselves, and they frown on other people. Like right. if I called them Jesus, they say no, it's Yeshua. Yes. Or they have. When they write it, they write it in certain ways, and they take certain letters out because right. they're not allowed to acknowledge. They say it's irreverent, right, to to do that, right? The,
1: exactly. Thank you for.
0: <laughs> did that help? It did
1: give me. It did, me, it, it did help. Uh, for sorry. the listener, it's late. Yes, um, but yeah, that's the whole point I was getting at. Is yeah. like they're going to make the point of which the Hebrew roots people, which is seven day Adventist people, is because we're not. You the word that we use in English is not the same name that he would have. <laughs> been called back on earth that we're in sin and like that there's like some secret that's being hidden because we're not using the proper name right right that's what they're getting into so the whole point i'm getting at was that they are using this thing that isn't it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but they're using that to start sowing doubt into what the bible is Right. Is that there's hidden knowledge or because it's not actually his name, it actually means Michael because Michael is this other thing. Right. Uh, The the whole point. Which
0: that's truly a Seventh-day Adventist. Right. I don't know what the Hebrew roots believe about that. I don't think they do, but. Right. But But
1: I'm just trying to point out, again, these subtleties that they break into someone's head. They sow seeds of doubt. Yeah. That make you, uh, would make a person. Start questioning other things, start allowing for other heretical teachings to come yeah. into place and start shifting your brain away from what is true and what's actually important. Right. And that's how you get into these things where it starts saying the name Michael is attributed to an archangel, but that's due to the confusion of the personalities involved.
0: Right. You know, or so, the author translation. Right. Yeah.
1: That's the whole point. Right. Yeah. So,
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's important. Um, and like I said, when you're dealing with heresy, yeah. Jesus is the primary target all the time. Right. Like 100% of the time. And
1: the other thing that um, I think you know where my train of thought has been the last couple while. Yeah. With that's why I just really wanted to spend time on the fact that Jesus's name, that they, that's one of the first things that they bring up to try to sow doubt about or make you feel bad for saying. Right. Calling him Jesus.
0: Yeah. What about the person who can't speak? Right. The people that doesn't know English. What if they have a speech impediment? Right. Like Moses. Yeah. He was a stutter. He couldn't. He couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to offend anybody who has a speech impediment. But God knows the heart. Right. And that's what we're told clearly. Right. You know. Um, so one of the other things that they, that yes, they, yes, these yes. uh Aliens gave to right. to uh, spoke through their channeler uh, was some information about Jesus between the ages of twelve and thirty. Uh-huh. This is kind of interesting. I yeah. thought it was funny. We the Bible actually a lot of people don't they're mis they are misinformed. They we think that there's not a lot that we know about in Jesus' younger life. It, we know a lot about his younger life, uh-huh. but according to here to our friends at the Urine Book. Um, it says until until the appearance of the urine book we were all left wondering about those years between the time Jesus was found in the temple and the beginning of his public ministry. Jesus lived an amazing life and as you know he was a divine son of God, a divine son of God not mm-hmm. the divine son of God, mm-hmm. incarnated on this planet as a helpless baby, he was truly human as well as truly divine see that statement right there, is one of those statements that makes me get annoyed because uh-huh. it is he was truly man and truly god and as a human he lived the same kind of lives we all humans live he was born and he had parents and he had playmates and he went to school and he learned to work with wood and he played musical instruments he was popular with his peers and as a young adult he traveled this world and uh, he was a good student and a good son he had brothers and sisters and he became a father brother to them following joseph's untimely death when jesus was about 15 years old interesting that we know that now because that there is no place in biblical in biblical writings that shows that joseph died we suppose he died we don't have proof of it
1: and can we just stop right there just because yeah. it's a really interesting point um because i was actually going to ask you before you said that is oh. i don't remember reading that and with the basis um For Christians, I'm trying to put, I I don't mean to put you on the spot, but um, is it because he, Joseph, isn't at
0: um, his crucifixion? Is that where? He kind of falls off the pages um, after they come back from Egypt. Okay. So Jesus is born. um, The angel gives them, gives Joseph the dream to go to Egypt Mm -hmm. to flee and to fulfill prophecy and uh, protection. And so they go to Egypt. He comes back and um, he's never really mentioned after that. Mary is mentioned because you know obviously she followed him through his whole ministry, mm-hmm. so we don't know if he died, we don't know if something happened in the journey to Egypt we don't know really,
1: so just extrapolating on that another question um when were Jesus's half brothers and sisters like when were they
0: yeah, when were they born? would that be they in were egypt after um probably when they got back in Nazareth, so it could have been Joseph, it could have been joseph's um yeah, they were I think, I think they were all Joseph's. Okay. I don't think Mary remarried. Right. Um but I think uh I'm trying to remember exact number. I think he had seven brothers and sisters? Right. I'm not positive. Okay. It's something I should probably know. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry. I, I wasn't trying to no. embarrass you if you didn't know, but um
0: yeah. So, so he so the the timeline that we have is he was born in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. stayed there for a short period of time, uh fled to Egypt. And then came back and settled in Nazareth. So, uh, and then he was raised in Nazareth, and then he started his ministry in Galilee, mm-hmm. um, and then throughout the Galilee region. So, um, and then he died in Jerusalem, outside of the city gates. Okay. Back to the craziness. So he lived a normal, unpretentious kind of life, along with all the ups and downs that most people are subject to, not unlike uh, that of his contemporaries. And during his physical life, he lived and also had rich inner life, which he gradually became aware of who he was, what his true mission on this world was to be. So they're inferring that Jesus slowly became aware Mm -hmm. that he was the son of god Mm -hmm. that he was he was like awakened in his spirit uh, to to his mission Mm -hmm. um it says this of course what set jesus apart from everyone else then and now for jesus discovered at age 14 just what that mission was to be and just who he truly was after after that, his whole life was focused upon the ways and means of executing his mission according to the will of his Father in heaven. But he never abandoned his purely human life. Along with all of its responsibilities, he was, he was ever true to his duties and, that he had as a member of his family and an outstanding citizen of his community. And at the end of this phase of his life, he was finally able to devote himself wholly to his mission— that of publicly proclaiming the good news in quotes of man's sonship with God and salvation by faith. Now, that's where I get frustrated too, again, because mm-hmm. here it is, like so you have it's like a sandwich, right? At the beginning, it talks about his purely he was fully man fully God. At right. the end, it talks about salvation by faith. We know that faith is how people are saved. Your Ephesians tells us that you're saved by faith through grace that no one can boast, right? Mm -hmm. And not by works. And so uh, they have the sandwich of truth, then deception, then truth. And the deception part is that he was uh, made aware of who he was uh, to himself. And then he kind of, as he awakened to this role that God had put in him.
1: Yeah. Uh, I just want to, um, I'm skipping down into the, the section from, so, Touching on that part that you just talked about, this yeah. uh, awakening, a higher consciousness, whatever BS these people claim in different yeah. flavors. Whatever flavor of BS it is, or I guess not BS, this would be urine, whatever the flavor <laughs> of urine in this case is. Um, but this is a very new age thing. This is also a Gnostic thing. And if you listen also to our uh, private podcasts... yes. This is also a thing that the uh, Jews teach in the Talmud, the Talmud, Talmudic story of him going and becoming a sorcerer mm-hmm. in Egypt um, during this time, this, these missing quote unquote years. Yeah, the missing years. They like to infer all kinds of different things, right? But uh, so I'm going to read. This is from this is from the actual urine book. Um, it is from the last section uh, that's all about Jesus and his life. Yeah. So it said, uh, it's one 5. Okay. It should not be the aim. Uh, it should not be the aim of kingdom believers literally to imitate the outward life of Jesus in the flesh, but rather to share his faith, to trust God as he trusted God and to believe in men. As he believed in men, Jesus never argued about either the fatherhood of God or the brotherhood of men. He was a living illustration of, of the one and profound demonstration of the other. Here you go. Just as men must progress from the consciousness of the human to the realization of the divine, so did Jesus ascend from the nature of man Mm -hmm. to the consciousness of the nature of God. And the master, speaking of Jesus, made this great descent from the human to the divine by the conjoint achievement of the faith of his mortal intellect in the acts of his indwelling adjuster.
0: So which, they the, the indwelling adjuster, they say the whole, it a lot. It's yeah, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's, it
1: would just be that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: the fact realization of the attainment of totality of divinity, all the while fully conscious of the reality of humanity, was attended by seven stages of faith consciousness of progressive divinization. So... This is, again, what they're just saying here, listen to this, is that Jesus not only ascended his consciousness, raised his consciousness, understood who he fully was and became God. It was a process that he slowly became Mm -hmm. more God through some steps. Right. So even there, (laughs) like some people just say he raised his consciousness, you know, like. They actually go into this which is this, this is very interesting how they tie this in so these stages of progressive self-realization were marked off by the following extraordinary events in the master's bestowal experience one the arrival of the thought adjuster Two, the messenger of Emmanuel who appeared to him at Jerusalem when he was about 12 years old. Three, the manifestations attendant upon his baptism. Four, the experiences on the Mount of Transfiguration. Five, the Morantia resurrection. Six, the spirit ascension. And seven, the final embrace of the
0: paradise father conferring unlimited sovereignty of his universe. Yeah. So the one thing, number two, it says the messenger of Emmanuel who appeared to him at Jerusalem when he was about 12 years old. So apparently the story goes that uh, Emmanuel, an angel, Mm -hmm. appeared to Jesus and told him all what he was supposed to do at 12 years old. (laughs) So, um, you know, even though, so this is the one thing. When you think of this purely from like a human standpoint, these things can make sense. Right, like oh yeah, so an angel told Jesus, and then he just obeyed the Father, and so I could see how that could fit in, right? No, 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 absolutely wrong. The thing about it is, is that Jesus was, as I said in Colossians chapter one, he preceded all the words of the Bible. So when the prophets would prophesy in Isaiah about his coming. His first coming, when he was gonna be born, where he was gonna be born, he dictated that through it was him who wrote it, the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. He himself wrote those words, put them in the prophet's mouth. So he know he knew when he arrived what he was going to be doing. He condescended from his divinity to humanity mm-hmm. to become a baby, but he wasn't unaware. Mm-hmm. He wasn't unaware. He wasn't it wasn't like he wasn't capable of of, like, right. of knowing at a young age what he was. He's not like a Mr.
1: Deeds. You know, like, right. all of a sudden you find out, hey, you you got this uncle who's a billionaire, now you're a billionaire. Oh, cool, now I'm a billionaire. You know, right. like, you have no awareness <laughs> of this. Like, this right. weird person. No, that's not how Jesus was. He didn't, like, he wasn't surprised. In this is so stupid because I was going to use the example of he wasn't surprised when he was told that he was God. Th- that didn't even happen. It, there was no need for that. Right. He w-
0: was fully aware of who he was. Well, even more than that, um, when he was presented at the temple right. at eight days old to be circumcised, mm-hmm. uh, there was a, a woman, a prophetess, who had been waiting faithfully because she had been told by God that the Messiah would, co- would be there, would show up. It was two of them. It was her and another man, and she literally held Jesus in her mm. arms, and she said, "I had been waiting to die. This is like I was. This is the last thing I want to do before I die. You know, yeah. it was amazing. And she proclaimed him to be the Son of God, mm. so Emmanuel, God with us. Right? Like yeah. she literally." proclaim these things prophetically because she was a prophet she was anointed prophet the other thing too it talks about his baptism the manifestation attendant upon his baptism that manifestation uh, that the bible records is that the holy spirit ascended and descended upon him like a dove and you have the voice of the father in heaven saying this is my son whom I'm pleased listen to him right now the same words that speak about transfiguration
1: by the way exactly and I I just want to break since we're going for the third when yeah. you when you just talked about that so what they would say is again these are this the stages of right. Jesus's becoming spiritual God. awakening or yeah. understanding of who he was so I'm just going to phrase this in a way that you can respond to it so it would be incorrect theology to say or it would be heretical to say that Jesus was fully Human, until he was baptized, and then the Holy Spirit came down and dwelled in him, and then he was like able to perform miracles. That's when God indwelled in him and kind of did that. That is not what that story is saying.
0: Correct. Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. His baptism was a was a, um, a prophecy fulfillment and a ritual requirement. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an endorsement from the Father in the way that some people interpret that.
1: Right. Like, that's not when he became fully God as well.
0: Correct. Okay. He was already God, 100% God. Uh, All it was was God was was, was confirming that. Because remember, John the Baptist was the last. So John the Baptist, when you think of prophets in the Old Testament, you have, like, Isaiah, Ezekiel, who's yeah, you know, all these guys, right, that came through. John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet. And I know it's weird because he's in the New Testament. Right. right. But he was the last Old Testament prophet. And he was the one who was preparing the way, right? He was actually prophesied about that he would be the guy. There would be one who would be in the desert. And when he laid eyes on Jesus, who was his cousin, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. So he he prophesied and proclaimed. And when Jesus said, I need to be baptized, he looked at Jesus and he goes, you, you need to baptize me. This is crazy. I right. shouldn't be baptizing you, right? But it was to fulfill scripture. It was to fulfill ritual and prophecy. It was important because Jesus is, you got to remember, he's prophet, priest, and king, right? Mm-hmm. And so his priestly side of him he that was a requirement for that for him circumcision same thing you know it was because jesus ministry was first to the lost sheep of israel it was important that his his first priority of the gospel of reconciliation was to bring the kingdom to the people of israel but unfortunately they did not accept him that way right and so because of that to our benefit it was opened up to the gentiles right so his baptism was something that a a Gentile audience isn't going to fully understand. Sure, I, I just want to. Sorry, I just I know I went no, off. this no,
1: this is exactly what I. this what I'm trying to do. Okay, is cool. go through these and b- balance them off of what uh, is actually. Yeah. Uh, just so, and then uh, the experiences on the Mount of Transfiguration. So I'm assuming that what they're going to say is, um, you know, he had the God came into him it's so weird I, i'm so weird i have to like turn my brain off to kind of think of how to explain what what they're <laughs> so thinking heretically you know what i mean to think yeah, yeah. wrongly <laughs> yeah so i like that you know what i mean so god had come into him he had awakened to this new state yeah and then now he reveals himself on the mount of transfiguration to his disciples right as the next level up stage Right. so that, that level up level up level up right. level up so that is not what I just explained is not Tr- truth. Correct. So, what is the biblical? You take as much time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What it was the experience of the Mount <laughs> of Transfiguration? What did that? Um,
0: how was that? So, you gotta. Yeah. So he took he took up with him Peter James and John, hmm. and he and the when he takes him up to the to the Mount of Transfiguration. what happens is unique is that um, he, first of all, becomes brilliantly white and um, like bleach couldn't get, get, the Bible says the bleach couldn't even make him that white. And he's really just radiating Mm -hmm. um, the glory of God. And the same way that Moses uh, radiate, his face radiated when he had stood in the Shekinah glory of God and came down from the mountaintop. Right. right? So you've got some scenes that you got to understand there. You got, and, and who shows up with him, Moses, and Elijah, right? So they're on the mountaintop with them, and it's Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, obviously, in the middle, kind of. And basically, um, what was happening there is you have the one who represents the law, Moses, and the one who represents the prophets, Elijah, right? And and this goes back also to the baptism um, for a minute, because John the Baptist was prophesied that he would come in the spirit of Elijah, Right, And so this is a confirmation that when John the Baptist spoke and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, it wasn't just a commentary Mm -hmm. on his cousin because he thought his cousin was cool. It was the utterance of the Holy Spirit empowering him to say those words. The confirmation of that was that it was the spirit of Elijah who was the most amazing prophet in Israel's history, right? He called down fire from heaven and consumed the thousands of false prophets of Baal. He had raised the dead, stopped the weather. He did some amazing stuff. I could Mm -hmm. read the story of Elijah. He was incredible. And he was taken up into heaven through a chariot of fire, right? He never experienced death. So he's on the mountaintop uh, with, so you have the law, which was representing God's um, holiness, righteousness requirements. And then you have the prophets who were pronouncing God's. Um, uh, soon coming Messiah, mm-hmm. and John the Baptist, who had earlier been below, down on the normal ground, just a few chapters before that, with you know at the beginning of his ministry, saying, "This is the Lamb of God." So, in the power of Elijah, he's speaking. So, um, basically, God was just like bringing all of that encapsulated together, and it was he was also speaking from heaven, saying, "This is my Son." In whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. Another one of those, listen to my son, you know. And so Peter makes a proclamation after the after everything happens, and it just kind of everything recedes. He's like, hey, we need to make basically a church up here. We need to make some like altars. We can come up here. We can, you know,
1: to remember this event. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, and Jesus like, no, we don't. We don't need to do that. That's not why why I brought you here. So some significance of that situation too later when you think of Peter, James, and John, who who they became, you know. um, James, Peter becomes the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem. um, And he actually is called by God to share the gospel with the Gentiles in in Acts chapter 10. Um, And then you also have uh, James who takes over and he's the half-brother of Jesus anyways. And uh, James will take over for peter when peter is crucified um and taken to rome uh to die and then uh you also will have john who gives us the book of revelation Mm -hmm. so you've got some really significant individuals there within the new testament canon uh that are going to be significant i mean just their ministries their roles uh their calling right so the transfiguration wasn't um i mean it was all there already Right, you know what I mean. Ironically, too, for eschatology purposes, I believe that we're going to see in the tribulation. We won't. Well, we'll, right, right, we'll be watching yeah, it from yeah, yeah. from heaven, or you know. <laughs> but during the tribulation, there's going to be two witnesses that are spoken of in the Book of Revelation, and I believe those two witnesses are going to be um, Elijah and Moses. Mm-hmm. I think they're going. I think going to come back. Um, Moses is debatable, but I do think it's Elijah. But I think it's once again it's the Law and the Prophets. Right, everything that the Jews trusted in was the law and the prophets, right? That was everything that they held their uniqueness to. God had given them the law, which was unique just to Israel. No other nation had what what they were given in the law. And they had the prophets who were speaking as the mouthpiece for God, uh, proclaiming all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. But primarily the most important thing would be that the Messiah is coming so that they would know to look for the fulfillment of the law in the life of the one who was promised the Messiah.
1: Right. So that's the other part of the transfiguration of having those two is the the completion
0: right. in Christ. The, literally, he, He's Jesus. bringing the two together. In my mind, I see Jesus He's, standing between them. Exactly. Right?
1: Yeah, that's how I've always pictured it. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: Um, but
1: yeah. So amen to all what you said. Um, <laughs> again, that was not the next
0: leveling up. Of. <laughs> no. He still has more to go. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, it's like a. Uh, What is it? Uh, But wait, there's more. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Yeah. Um, So. The resurrection. The
1: resurrection is. uh, uh, I think we can just move on from this. Okay. We kind of understand that uh, breaking down everything. But again, we're just getting back. Uh, I was trying to highlight the points that what they're saying here is not necessarily even unique to the urine book. Right. Um, This is the kind of stuff that they believe it is not true as we just went yeah. through
0: all, all of that so one thing i will say though is on those seven points the next one was the resurrection they called it a, um more Renisha, yeah more Renisha. and that is their terminology for the realm that is between the material and the spiritual right and i think it's important we should talk about this for just a minute yeah about what did they believe about the resurrection of Mm -hmm. jesus because once again they're going to attack the, the divinity the the holiness and the power of christ right of jesus and on their own words his material or physical body was not part of the resurrection personally uh it says when jesus came forth from the tomb his body and flesh remained undisturbed in the sepulcher he emerged from the burial tomb without moving the stone before the entrance and without disturbing the seals of pilate that comes from the book it also says the first act jesus arising from the tomb was a great to greet gabriel which was an angel and instruct him to continue in executive charge of the universe affairs (laughs) under emmanuel (laughs) And which is another angel. And then he directed the chief of the Melchizedek's to convey his brotherly greetings to Emmanuel. Jesus spoke the first words of the post-mortal career. Having finished my life in the flesh, I would tarry here for a short time in transition form that I may more fully know the life of my ascendant creatures and further reveal the will of my Father in paradise. So... They don't believe that Jesus bodily resurrected from the dead, and this right. is very, very important mm-hmm. because Scripture tells us that not only did He raise from the dead, but that He proved that He physically raised from the dead. Uh, we, st- one story that comes to mind perfectly is Thomas. Yep. When before. When the disciples are together, he's like, uh, unless I see and put my hands in the wounds, I'm not going to believe. Right. right. And what does he do? Jesus shows up. He eats with them, physically eats with them. And then he shows, you know, when Thomas shows up, he's like, hey, oh, by the way, Thomas, he pulls up his shirt. Mm-hmm. Stick your hand in the side of my, my side where the, I was stabbed. And here, put your fingers in the hole, you know, in my in my hands. And and what does is, what is, uh, he do? Thomas, he's my Lord, my God. And he worships him. Like, he literally, like, realizes, oh. So we do know there's a bodily resurrection physically through Scripture that way. But secondly, we know that he's going to have a bodily return, Mm -hmm. that there will be a 1,000-year reign of Christ on earth, a bodily return where he will sit on a throne in the New Jerusalem and rule and reign with an iron (laughs) scepter as a physical king. Right. And I think
1: that uh, to kind of move away – I'll just say it like this. When we are talking about, uh, to your point, of a physical um, return, we literally mean that it's not some weird uh, new-agey mumbo-jumbo new reality, you know, new dimensions of existence or like that no what the what we mean when the bible says he's going to return we mean us like as we're existing right now he's going to come back into the world yes as he was brought he was originally brought into the world he was in our creation he breathed the same air as us right mm-hmm. he ate the fish that normal people of the time would have eaten like it's the right. same stuff it's not it's he's made of the same substance in this realm i'm just trying to say that in the future the now the new heavens and the new Jerusalem is slightly different from that because it's going to be but even with that that is going to exist in the same existence realm of existence between spiritual you know if the physical and the spiritual If that's kind of what they're saying, we reside. between that, yeah. we between that? Yeah. No. The new heavens, the new Jerusalem, when Jesus comes back, he's going to rule as if he was when he was here originally. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be some elevated form of existence that, you know, uh, maybe I'll say the spiritual realm currently is, where we can't see it, you know. Right. But, you know, maybe it can interact with us in some ways. No. It is going to be a literal... Thousand years, the same way we have years right now, on this earth, or the new earth in New Jerusalem. Well,
0: not yet. The new earth comes after, but it will be a thousand uh, years here on right, this right. earth. I, yeah. I just mean that he is
1: manifesting again in our realm of existence. Right. It's not some new age mumbo-jumbo where it's this weird <laughs> between area. Yeah. I'm just trying to lay back to what orthodoxy. He is literally going to come back on to this earth yeah. and exist, breathe the same air that you know he used to breathe, when he was here uh a little over two thousand years ago. That's, That's right. what I'm trying to reiterate. it's not some weird stuff.
0: He will be back here. Yeah. And in physical form. Even better, we will have a new body as well. Right. Physical body. Right. Fit to live for a thousand years. Right. And for eternity, really. But um and uh so we're gonna have a physical resurrection as well. Right. Um if we're not raptured. Right. Which if yeah, right. if you're raptured, you get that. That resurrected body in the air when you're meeting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you um, if you die, then when the rapture comes, you'll be resurrected and you get the body there. Uh, um, and so that's how that's going to work. Yeah,
1: I was just trying to reiterate that what the Bible teaches is it's coming back. It's not this new age reality stuff. It's right. coming back here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And, and yeah. so again, they're trying to attack. That he didn't—he didn't physically rise from the dead. He did that. There wasn't, and there's another whole, another whole, another aspect of that too, which is fulfillment of Scripture too. Because he's the Colossians says that he was the first, uh, firstborn among the dead. Right, so he's the first to resurrect from the dead. That means that he if he didn't rise from the dead, we're we're dead, right? Exactly. That's um, like we don't have a chance, right? And that's why they
1: always—you can always tell when something's just. Uh, pee pee poo poo, for lack of a better term, when it's just <laughs> stupid, yeah, is they always attack. They, o- how about this? If you want to find out if something you are, um, trying to find out if you're in a cult, if this is some weird heresy, what does this group I'm hearing about this group and some of the stuff sounds really orthodox, maybe, right? Their beliefs when you read it, go to what they talk about Jesus, what they believe about him, and then okay. Rosie, what do they mean when they, When you say, what do they believe about Jesus? Look at his divinity, if he was fully God, fully human, mm-hmm. their view of that, and their view of the resurrection.
0: Because, again, it if Jesus – And the virgin birth is another – That's birth, right. probably another one that has to be – Right, right, yeah. right. Um,
1: but it, just for the sake of this is exactly what you said, because if – it wouldn't have done any good. I can't even think of it. it this is so nonsensical, but just don't be, believe this. If he was just a man and he was not God and he resurrected from the dead, that doesn't give us hope. Right. And if he was God, but he didn't resurrect. Then we have th- no hope. Then we have no hope right, either. Right. So that's why they always attack this. And that's what you have to, you know, I'm just trying to give like some bullet points. Of sure. If if those if right there, those two things, in the virgin birth are weird or they do not align with scripture heresy yeah run far away that's right that is, but they, they always attack that and try to turn yeah you know because they're saying oh we believe in the resurrection we do believe he was god yeah we believe jesus we believe jesus right. was god yeah you know ultimately you're they're gonna skip it's over faith
0: right. right um but you know what's interesting too why would why would Satan attack those things? Right. The reason he attacks those things is because those are the things that disarm Satan. Yes. His resurrection from the dead disarms Satan because now who took back the keys of, keys of death? Right. Jesus. Yeah. Right. They were handed back to him. So, like, when, when they attack Jesus and at his, his uh, holiness, his mm-hmm. perfection, um, they want to they try and make him a man. They want to mm-hmm. try and make him fallible. And make mistakes and less than god right because they don't want to answer to him
1: mm-hmm.
0: exactly <laughs> although in his life the demons screamed when he would show up right have yeah. mercy on us son of god yeah you know have mercy don't judge us don't throw us into the pit they right. know they know it's coming exactly yeah so you want to talk about uh so you know we've been going for uh, over an hour now you want to um just a couple of uh, other things that they have yeah yeah uh like their view on uh, they believed in evolution right so that's an interesting scientific thing that they believed in um uh let's see i can just say there's a here i'll just read one part it says uh, the fact of evolution is not a modern discovery the ancients understood the slow and evolutionary character of the human progress uh, physics and chemistry alone cannot explain how a human being evolved out of the primeval pla- protoplasm of the early seas. And what's interesting is I did read a little bit more about this uh, on their website. They mm-hmm. uh, they had to make the <laughs> the seas salty so that the salt could be the uh they called it briny i think is what they Mm -hmm. called it but um so that it could actually possess the uh way to make life so that we can climb out of the primordial primordial slime or whatever yeah and um and then evolve out of um that into and so everything about this is evolution i mean why wouldn't we think like we're talking about evolving your your spiritual and your self-revelation and all this other stuff so why wouldn't i have evolved from you know the slime as well Mm So they believe in evolution, shocker, which we know goes contradicts God's creation story, right? And the truth. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you want to read any of the other ones there? I I wanted to pick up. Uh, it,
1: it was very interesting um, where it just says Jesus did not share Paul's pessimistic view of humankind. Oh, that's a good point. I'm so glad you brought that up.
0: Yes. <laughs> go, ahead, okay. go ahead. Go well, ahead. Well, that was another thing. So Paul is when, so this is the thing, like um, you're, you, when you, <laughs> this is so crazy, this is the Seventh-day Adventists and them showing again. Right, yeah. So whenever you move into a legalism mm-hmm. uh, at some levels, you begin to question the works and the writings of the Apostle Paul. And um, the problem with that is that, the, first of all, you're talking about two-thirds of the New Testament was right. written by him. Uh, secondly, you have an account of Jesus himself calling him to be an apostle when he blinds him for three days and then sends a Gentile to him to, to uh, heal him mm-hmm. and the house of Cornelius, right? I believe that's who it was. And then not only that, you have later on in the book of Acts, you have the apostle Peter, you have the apostle James, mm-hmm. and you have John. Okay, they all quote Paul and they all affirm Paul in his apostolic ministry. So you have, not only do you have God himself calling Paul, you have uh, the apostles recognizing him, but then you also have the apostles quoting him in letters that he had written. So um, that's a pretty strong endorsement, right, right, for, for his ministry. And um, a lot of times people want to attack Paul because Paul lays out the doctrines very well on the deity of Christ, like we just read in Colossians. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they also, he lays out the, the thing, one of the things that they don't like very much is the, the emphasis on grace. Right. And so great. the problem with grace is this. Grace is a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. right, because no one deserves it and you get forgiveness. The problem with grace is it comes at a great cost. And nobody wants to acknowledge that that is opposed to grace. Um, They wanna lean on either their own, Mm -hmm. their own idea of holiness, of how I can do this on my own, like I can achieve, I can live up to, I can, uh, fulfill attain, the law I can attain. attain right yeah so it's it's an it's in a real like i'm thinking more of a legalistic way yeah, yeah, yeah. so from like holding to the ten commandments or something like that and then the other side of it is um like when when grace is given to someone who doesn't deserve it so mm-hmm. it opens it up to the gentiles so that's why it was so opposed paul was so opposed because number one he was bringing the gospel to the gentiles which was a real disruption yeah um acts chapter 15 i think it is is the council where they talk about what do we do with these gentiles (laughs) like what do we all these gentiles are getting saved what do we do they're becoming part of the household of faith you know um and they deal with it they have their first church council in acts 15 and they actually address it and uh, they tell them what they can do but when you see uh, these cults attack the writings of Paul. It's because Paul puts the doctrines in the New Testament of right. the deity of Christ. I think that's primarily on this situation. I think that's primarily yeah. what it is because he talks about grace. And this, this, I was reading this doc, this uh document that we have, and they were like m- knocking Paul's writing on grace, right? So, yeah, that's all I was gonna say.
1: But. No, no, exactly. That's what
0: I wanted you to. Oh, cool, yeah, go into. <laughs> um when they if you're curious about what do the what does the book the urine book say about how to be saved it says this it says by God's love through his mercy we shall be saved it doesn't say repent of your sins Right. It doesn't say accept the free gift of salvation through the work of the cross. It doesn't say Romans 10, confess with your tongue and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. Right. It doesn't say anything about that. It just says God's love through his mercy, we shall be saved. Um, and it says, uh, it. they do say, though, here on the second point, it says, therefore, whoever calls on the name on the Lord will be saved. The Lord, mm-hmm. uh, not Jesus. For he will abundantly pardon. Um the faith, by faith you are justified, by faith you are saved. So that's accurate. Uh, it's just faith in who? Right? right. It, which Jesus are we talking about? The ascending Jesus or the Jesus who preexisted all creation? Right. Right? That's th- that's important. The Jesus you believe on matters. Right. Not just the name. Right. right but who he is. Um. And so, yeah, uh, human salvation is real. It is based on... Two realities which may be grasped by the creature's faith and thereby uh, thereby become incorporated into individual human experience. The fact that the fatherhood of God and, his, and its correlated truth, the brotherhood of man. So they're basically saying faith and experience. So uh, once again, it's an experience. <laughs> it, uh, there's nothing in Romans 10 that it talks about finding salvation through an experience. It's confess with your tongue and believe in your heart. Right. That Jesus Christ is Lord.
1: Yeah. I I also wanted to uh, point out this other point that uh, (laughs) it's just so silly. Um, It says, do not be discouraged. Human evolution. Did you already read this? Human evolution is still in progress as well. Uh, No, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Do not be discouraged. Human evolution is still in progress, and the revelation of God to the world in and through Jesus shall not fail. (laughs) <laughs> so, again, I just wanted to point that out because it's, it's it's this m- joining of two things that are so terribly separate that they cannot exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it, be not discouraged. Right. That I, I mean, biblical, right? Yeah. And then human evolution is still in progress. Like that sandwich you, the sandwich, the pee-pee poo-poo sandwich. Biblical. Completely unbiblical. Right. Biblical. Right. Because it says, be not discouraged. Biblical. (laughs) The pee pee poo poo sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Human evolution is still in progress. Unbiblical. The revelation of God to the world in and through Jesus shall not fail. Biblical. But that, uh, this whole idea, uh, again, maybe it's just, I'm just going to go with it since we've already... I feel like we've always talked about this, all this thing. There is no human... What you're talking about, grace, right? We cannot... uh, Very simply put, you know, like the whole idea of sin and grace is we cannot do... We cannot be perfect enough to ever earn God's grace on us. But we can't be bad enough. You know, it's like the, the good is we can never... The good news is that we can never be good enough to earn our own salvation. We can't be bad enough to ever lose our own salvation. Correct, Right? Like, right. It has nothing to do with us. Yeah. Our earthly works. That's right. And so this evolution of humanity is not only attacking that, like th- this idea where they say human evolution is still in progress. What they're saying is you can keep becoming good enough that one right. day you can earn this grace yeah
0: right and we already showed that they believe in reincarnation right right yeah
1: exactly at, and at, at the same point this is also saying this is a subtle dig towards who god is because mm-hmm. um you know uh, it, it says in genesis that you know when, when he made man he was pleased it was good right and I, i'm not gonna say that uh obviously the sin he was god was pleased when he made man and eventually woman right Mm -hmm. as they were obviously they were perfect but take that out of account is that what this is inferring is that god made like something that needs to be upgraded outside of god that we need to help god right build something better than what he built like it's not sufficient right so that's there's these two subtle things of Mm -hmm. whenever you hear this talk about human uh, evolution is it's it's a dig towards god yeah and it's also placing more importance upon the human right because you know again god made something that is bad and I'm not talking about that in a way of, obviously, we are fallen. Obviously, you know, we're not perfect. I'm not saying that in this kind of sense. But I'm saying that we made something that, uh, like, I almost read this, and it's like, we should be, God should be ashamed at making something like this. Like, we have to come along and help him out. Right, right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because he can't even make a good thing. Like, we have to spend millions of years of evolution to finally, you know,
0: be, you know, right. reach God. Get him to where he wanted us get him, originally. Get him where. Or get us ourselves to where he wanted us originally. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's just so. So biased. either he's just agnostic and he's just out there and letting us try and figure it out. Right. You know, or he doesn't care. Right. Or he's not capable. Exactly. Like, that's just really an accusation t- towards God in a huge exactly. way.
1: Yeah. So, again, I was just wanted to pick that line because it's, again, it. This is the deceptiveness of truly a doctrine of demon. You know, right. So yeah. T- t- it, t- is it is what it is. We call it what it is. is. is a, you know, just those five words sandwiched between <laughs> biblically accurate stuff is something that is so anti-Christian. It is anti-Christ. Yeah. It is anti-God. It is has so much impact upon Attacking the personhood of God uh, in the sense of who Jesus is, it, what he is able to accomplish. Yeah. And our role in that, what God says through the scripture about us and about him. Right. It attacks like 15 <laughs> different aspects of God and us it, in like one sentence that five yep. words of that uh, are n- not biblical, but the rest are Quote, unquote, biblical. Right, right. So it's so deceptive. And just uh, it's like be, the Bible be on says,
0: guard, like the, truly. The Bible's like a little bit of leaven. Ruins the whole thing. Ruins the whole lot. Yeah. yeah. One last thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do they believe about hell? So what does this urine book talk about hell? Yeah. This is really interesting. Yes. It says, early man uh, entertained no ideas of hell or future punishment. The savage looked upon the future life as as just like this one minus all the ill luck later on a separate destiny for good ghosts and bad ghosts heaven and hell was conceived they actually accused that of paul hmm. paul creating that doctrine they accused paul of that earlier on yeah. uh, god is the father man is his son love the love of a father for his son becomes the central truth in the universe relations of creator and create and creature not the justice of a king which seeks satisfaction in the sufferings and punishments of the evil doing subject. Uh, one last one, and then I'm going to go back to that one because I want sure. to say, I yeah. make a comment. Always keep in mind true religion is to know God as your father and man as your brother. Religion is not slavish belief in threats of punishment or magical promises of future mystical rewards. So I, I mean, they go on to say a couple other things, but the one thing I want to point out is that they are, they are saying they're taking the, the, um, the aspect of God being a God of love, mm-hmm. and they're overreaching it to shadow a God of justice, and you have to have both. You either right. you either are a God of of love, which is going to contain and within it attain within it a god of just being a god of just a just god Mm -hmm. or you're not a god of love right it's like justice is is so key and so important because the fact that god will punish evil uh is is vastly important otherwise he's not a good god right he's going to give evil a pass when he killed his son on the cross to rectify and to uh bring forth a way um out of it and so he's not going to um he's not gonna deal with it. He's just gonna say, Oh, I'm a god of love. Right. I'm a god of love. I think this is the How are you, baby? Oh no, that was the wrong one. <laughs> Hold on. No, no, not that one. There it is.
1: I bring you love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did like this one. How are you, baby? <laughs>
1: I didn't, didn't hear that. Were you just, have you just had that ready? I've had it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I pulled it from. Uh, that was a speech that uh, he made um, in Pennsylvania, right? Right before he made the speech of the. Oh, so not the Satan. Uh, uh, the you know the red background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me just say this too about the hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing is, is they want to minimize God's just God's you know judgment because judgment is you know hell is the reward of 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 ju- the judgment you know right. of for evil right and for those that that choose to reject right. the truth because that's what their destiny is so what we're going to do is so so the, the 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 demons that were speaking through through Kellogg boy <laughs> in his sleep were they want to minimize the deity of Christ they want to take away the aspects of god and the father and his rea- and the reality of who it is that he did he is a god of love but they also want to pull away that he's a god of justice as well a just god a righteous god a king that is true and just and pure and they want to pull that away um, so that because they are the ones who are going to be standing in the, in the under the scepter of the you know the iron scepter of judgment when jesus yields that yeah at the great white throne they want judgment. some company yeah well they want some company for sure <laughs> yeah and they don't want to talk about it too much because it's just bad it's bad mojo for them right yeah. it's just like what's their destiny mm-hmm. so i think you know like that's a, probably another one to think about heresies too is like what is your views on eternal life and heaven right. you know where where we go is there a hell is there not a hell and there's a whole we could do a whole podcast on hell like there's yeah l- a lot of theology about that <laughs> There
1: really a lot is. of debate too.
0: Yeah, a lot of debate. Um, I think it's pretty clear personally. Yeah, but, but I
1: mean, uh, just attacking uh, again. This idea of justice is another thing um, that uh, they don't necessarily talk about it here. But just as the bonus points for the listener, is this idea of attacking God as a a, a, a perfect, loving God and a perfectly just God is how you get into weird theology. Of, I don't even know if it would be considered theology of this idea of uh, that God of the Old Testament is a different God of the New, the new Testament yeah, yeah. and Jesus. Like, those are two separate things because another idea, I almost want to say it kind of goes hand in hand with hating Paul. Because <laughs> you always hear, all the times that I've heard someone criticizing Paul, it's always like, yeah, that's the God of the Old Testament, you know, like this vengeful one who just murders everybody for no reason and there's no love at all.
0: And right. they always,
1: for whatever reason, tie well, too,
0: to, but they, they always lay that down at the Old Testament because they don't realize the Nephilim. Exactly. When God was He's, cleansing the ex- land. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they call him a genocidal maniac God, right? Right. Yeah.
1: And uh, again, that is something that. Um, because that that is an attack on the truth claim of the Bible, mm-hmm. is that in the Bible, God is the same God. He is never changing. He is the same yesterday, today. He'll be the same in the future. He is yeah. unchanging he, how he is, and he is perfect. That's the key. That's the key. So yep. if they're attacking, again, these are all these things that, just may not seem like a big deal you know what i mean like saying uh not necessarily there's a different god but like that he's a genocidal maniac that does this for no reason and he's like you know just has bloodlust. and he just wants to kill all these people for no reason right i mean look what he did in the flood right but it's it's making a truth claim that like goes so far deep it attacks so many more things than just what it might seem like a um, a, a uh, reasonable. It could seem like a reasonable way to get around something that is difficult that isn't preached in churches, right. such as the Watchers.
0: And <laughs> I, 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 well, even still, right. There's only been one innocent person who's ever died, right. And that's Jesus, Jesus. who's been yeah, killed that was right, right. by God. Right. And that was Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, like, this is just, like, we're all we're, yeah, like absolutely. evil, fallen, like, yeah. as Paul would say himself, you right. know, none are righteous, no, not one. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it's just it, it, just kind of riffing on this for a bit. Much in the same way, uh, people, people have said, uh, you know, why do you talk about the Nephilim so much? Why does this matter? Why does you talking about these weird things about the giants and these angels that come down and have sex with women and witchcraft and all this weird stuff that like, if, if, if that was important, wouldn't the Bible actually talk about it more? You know, like one of these things, like you're leading people away from Christ by saying, talking about giants, right? Right. No, actually it's the opposite because if you don't have this context of why would God, so, I've always said that, like when I I had no problem believing that because I knew that God is a just God and He's loving and He's perfect. So whatever reason He had for doing that, I always was okay with the old kind of Bible Sunday School answer of Yeah, God did it because He's perfect. I don't know His reasons. Right, and I was fully okay with that. I've said this before. And then when I learned about the watches and the Nephilim so much more, it like. Explains, I mean, it just explains everything, it explains so much more in depth, right? And the other thing is, it is in the Bible, it is in the mind, it is in the context of which so much other scripture is written. Yeah, but the whole point that I was getting at that is, if you don't look into this quote unquote weird stuff that we talk about here, or other people talk about, you can believe in a false answer that seems to answer the question of why god seemed like a genocidal maniac in the beginning in the old testament and now he's a loving god well easy answer two different deities or he isn't perfect or he changed right that's what the whole thing that i was getting at is if you don't have this foundation of stuff that is in the bible it is easily explainable and it always backs up what the bible says it always just proves on a deeper level that the bible is correct that is god's unchanging word that god is perfect and
0: so his character is perfect his judgment will be perfect right his love is perfect
1: right yeah it's
0: it's, actually uh his love is probably more than it needs to be (laughs) yes yeah amen it's lavish yeah uh, you know yeah but
1: yeah i i I just wanted to get, get at that like there is benefit to this stuff because you you can talk to people who believe basically where I'm coming from with this is I'm trying to think why would someone believe that there's two different gods that came across as an answer that seemingly you have to throw out all the actual context of the Bible.
0: Right. Yeah. and,
1: And these supernatural spiritual weird stuff that wasn't, that yeah. weird.
0: It's like you have the old man father God of the Old Testament, right. and you have the new son who's forgiving in the New Testament. Right. But what they don't realize is Jesus is the one who's actually going to do the judging. Right. Yeah. The great white throne of judgment, yeah. which is where every soul that's ever been created will stand before God. Unless you're saved, you'll be able to pass by. You will not be judged. Yeah. We'll have to give an account for their life, and Jesus will be the judge. Yeah. He's going to be the judge. Like – so, your New Testament God is the right. same one that's going to be, like, you know, casting you into the lake of fire. Right. If, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> looking at you, you're going to look at his eyes and he's going to say, like,
0: he'll, he'll, like, wave at you with his hole in his hand. <laughs> right. You know, because he'll still bear the marks of the right? cross, right? In the fire eyes and he'll melt at the moment. It's just going to be incredible. Yeah. Thank wow. God for forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Thank you for Jesus. So, that's uh, the your urantia book, urantia book. So if you're reading the urantia book or you find a copy of it, just burn it, throw it away, (laughs) get rid of it, repent of it, turn to the true God, the one true living God, Jesus, who came, you know, preexisted creation, came in the flesh, lived a perfect life, died on a cross innocently, rose from the dead three days later, and has promised he's coming again and has given us his Holy Spirit to dwell within us until then. So believe on that God. Yes. And turn to that God and read his Bible and listen to more of our podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just <True>. kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah. And remember, aliens are fake and gay. They're not real. <laughs> fake and gay, they yeah. are. <laughs> What's so funny, I uh, we were talking about this, and there's a whole other aspect. Obviously, there's 7,000 pages. Of right, f- yeah.
0: I can only imagine. Bull crap in this. Uh, I wonder what the uh, like sexual stuff they have in there. It's probably insane, huh?
1: Oh, you know, I didn't... <laughs> I'm a good Christian. And this is a this is a family they Christian always, vibe, The guys. cults always get weird with the sex. I stuff. might have to look that up and maybe that'll be a next did you know It might okay. be like an Eben. Yeah, even. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I was uh, I was laughing because I was looking at um you know, like a, a, mm. a good um way to find information without actually having to read a lot of the stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. Is trying to find like a um,
0: cliff notes version of the book. Yeah,
1: or like What was really helpful uh, for me is finding people talking about the stuff that's in it and having some debates because they usually go into a lot more history.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyone, if you're trying to learn how to research better, a good thing is to always try to see what other people are already interacting with something. Yeah. And they pull extra additional information. Don't tell our secrets, man. Sorry. But uh, the the whole joke that I was looking at was, I read this like 10,000 word essay, oh my goodness, about the cosmology and astronomy of the book. <laughs> and this guy just breaks down all the science stuff. So, if you actually believe in science and believe in the cosmos and believe in space, it's it's not real, but if you believe <laughs> in all that stuff, like not only is this book like completely wrong about all these spiritual things but like there's a whole other aspect to it literally everything it says about like the universe and astrology doesn't even line up with like anything that is real
0: (laughs) even even stuff that would be yeah like found in books today Yeah. yeah so
1: like literally everything about this book is just stupid right so yeah you should burn it I just thought it was
0: so funny reading this wonder if NASA got their information from them maybe from satania what if you what if you you saw like a book corona what if you saw the book of urantia on like the bookshop of the director of nasa dude you might you might i mean
1: it's all (laughs) satanic anyways there you go nasa is a satanic pedophile sex trafficking organization it's a laundering laundering, money laundering yeah organization (laughs) yeah there you go um
0: Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right, we should... Uh, Doctrines of Demons. Doctrines of Demons. Third episode Yeah, in the books. In the Uran book. Urine book. Urine book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, thanks for hanging out with us for this long. Yes. We will catch you next time. How are you, baby? Oh, I'm doing good, Joe. Thanks for asking. <laughs> you want to come feel my legs? All right, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. All right, see you. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWCast. These episodes are also available on YouTube, unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.